Design Guy, Episode 31. Design Guy here. Welcome to the show. This is the program that explores timeless principles of design and explains them simply. We're talking about unity, which we've described as the compositional goal of taking many elements and fashioning them into a cohesive whole. In other words, we don't want our audience to be distracted by the parts and pieces of a thing. We want them to see the big picture, and we want them to see it in a way where everything ties together. Everything feels integral. Everything hangs together as one piece and creates one effect. And as we've pointed out, this is essentially the definition of design itself. So in keeping with this idea, we're taking a short tour through Gestalt theory, which is about perception as a dynamic process. It's about making meaning out of what we see and how our minds want to make meaningful patterns out of chaos. And we do this by perceptually organizing what we're looking at. As we look around, as we survey our environment, we begin to infer a sense of structure and relationship among the things we see. And we do this so we can quickly come to terms with it all, to make sense of it all. And in a survival sense, it makes sense that our minds want to know what we're up against, so we can react appropriately. In visual design, we learn how to apply these principles of perception so we can aid that process. Generally speaking, we want to make things as intuitive and as instant as we can, because the goal is to communicate, to transmit meaning rapidly, and make sure people get the message. So I'd like to give a quick rundown of these Gestalt rules, or maybe we should call them tools, starting with what's called figure ground. Now, figure and ground is a way of understanding the visual field before us. If we see a man, for example, standing in the street, we perceive the man as the figure. He's in the foreground, and everything else is ground. And depending on how clear that distinction is to us, we'll have a stronger or weaker sense of which is which. The distinction between figure and ground is usually achieved by contrast. The darkness or lightness of a figure, for example, will clarify it as the figure. Or maybe the background is blurry, whereas the figure is in focus. Or maybe the distinction has something to do with the composition, since the placement of the figure can influence our perception of it. As designers, we want to get skillful at controlling the balance of figure and ground, and sometimes even making it purposely uncertain in order to achieve a certain effect. And I'll ask you to call to mind that famous optical illusion of the faces and the vase. This is the one that usually depicts a white vase against a black field. And I remember personally encountering this for the first time as a kid on a Cub Scout trip to the Franklin Institute in Philadelphia which is basically a science museum. One of the exhibits featured this image, and I remember that as I looked at that vase, an unexpected surprise happened. I sensed a kind of shift as the foreground and background flipped positions, and suddenly the shape of two faces, two facing profiles emerged. And those black shapes, the faces, were now the foreground, and the white vase was pushed back into space. It was all my own perception, of course, but it was powerful nonetheless, powerful enough for me to vividly recall it some 30 years later. The reason this kind of switch or flip happens is due to a perceptual decision that we make in our minds. 
Our minds decide that one thing is the figure and that the rest is ground. One thing appears as the foreground, the rest is background. So if an image is ambiguous in this respect, this figure-ground flip is likelier to happen. So this is kind of an internal decision-making process that we're not necessarily aware of. It just happens. Our minds do it in order to make sense of what we're looking at. M.C. Escher famously manipulated our sense of figure and ground with his popular sketches, still a perennial favorite in the form of coffee table books and mugs and mouse pads. Graphic designers continually exploit figure ground. They do it for a lot of reasons. One reason is that it's just a neat optical trick, as we've pointed out. But the best reason is that it's just so efficient. It's elegant. If you think about it, why introduce an additional figure? Why add another positive element when you can apply another element from the ground? This is a way of making 1 plus 1 equal 3, of getting more from less, and you're kind of pulling a rabbit out of a hat in the process. That's why the shining examples in graphic design are those classic corporate logos. Look up Saul Bass's wonderful and enduring Girl Scout logo, for example, and you'll see a cascade of faces constructed out of just a couple of shapes and an activated background. Bass works magic with this mark. He brings the background into the foreground in such a way that the sum is greater than the parts. Now, I'll admit this is a tough one to describe in words alone, so I'll encourage you to continue this little lesson on your own by searching Google Images for stuff like the Girl Scouts logo we just mentioned or the works of M.C. Escher. It's helpful to explain how figure ground works, but you've just got to see it in operation to really appreciate it. But I think that'll do for today. Let me remind you that a transcript of today's episode may be found at designguyshow.blogspot.com. Music is by kcentricity.com. Well, I thank you again for listening, and I look forward to having you back again.